<laughs> I need a chapstick. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> we can always point back to the fact that we are unedited. <laughs> it's fine. It gives us it gives us a whole lot of leeway. Besides, it's fun to pop up. <laughs> Hello, Lisa from Connecticut. I still don't think I like that all that much, but it's fine. God and I will remain in a disagreement. Um, <laughs> you guys, we are in a new series talking about key holders. We are key holders. And what are the keys that are in our hands? How do we use them? And are we using them effectively? You'll have to forgive my voice. I am currently under attack by all things mucus. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. I feel under attack. I truly do. Uh, it's fine. It's not going to win. Anyway, I don't like that it autofills from Connecticut now instead of Kansas. Yes, I don't really like that either. But you did get to build a snowman, Elsa. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but today we are specifically talking about calling. We think that that's what we're going to talk about. That's what we're supposed to talk about. <laughs> Although, like Pepper said, I don't feel like I know much of anything right now. And in, in that, we just get to point to Paul's words and say, I came to you knowing nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. So that's always where I point when I'm in a season of knowing little. I'm like, yeah, well, Paul knew nothing either. So we're good. <laughs> so who wants to actually kick this off? Who has something to say? Pepper, Vince? <laughs> I could go ahead and get us started. We have talked about, uh, we'll at least start talking about calling. We'll see where it goes. Uh, we've talked about calling a lot since, especially since last summer. And we went extensively into helping people break open what their calling is and what what their next steps could be, what that action looks like on the backside of, of hearing God call you, saying yes, and, and then diving into that. And that's great. And we need to be doing that. But at the same time, we can't forget uh, what is that unto? What what are we what are we doing with that beyond the knowing and, and looking at what is my next action? Okay, that this is unto something bigger and greater than just myself. And I think we need to to keep that in mind. And and there are many facets of calling. Yes, you have a unique calling. Yes, we are all called to. Uh, heal the sick, uh, cast out demons, raise the dead. We are all called to to share Jesus, share the kingdom with people. And and this is where we need to start looking at our unique calling and, and stepping outside of the self-focus within that and start looking, what is that unto? What's the bigger picture here of, of my influence with my calling? Because I, I need to be looking at this with, with a focus on other people. I need to be looking outside of myself and not being selfish. But if I'm going to advance the kingdom, I can't be doing that because that doesn't allow me to move. If I, if I am self-focused, I'm not looking outward and I'm not seeing where I'm going. And I'm not looking for the opportunities to influence into other people's lives, to share the gifts that I've been given to uh, release the grace that's been put on my life in, in whatever form that is and and really be focused on other people I, this, this the calling isn't just about 
me, the calling is for me to go out and disciple the nations. And if I'm focused on me and 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 only me, then, then I'm not going to be able to do that. Or at least I'm not going to be effective in attempting to do that. And so I, I think for, for me right now, the, the emphasis on calling uh, of what we were talking about with identity last week is about getting outside of the self-focused and really start focusing in on others, you know, stepping into a maturity that says, I'm going to now look at others. I'm going to see how I can pour into someone else's life, sharpen them, help them be better and, and get behind them as they step into whatever it is God is calling them into. That's good. Pepper? Well, I was just thinking as Vince was talking, you know, that we're needing to see the bigger picture and how do I help others? You know, and one thing that stops us is too much flesh. You know, when we haven't died sufficiently, you know, you're still aware of your pain. You know, you're still aware that this hurts. Ooh, don't touch that. You know, um, so there's there's too much awareness of ourselves because we're still in some areas we still haven't died sufficiently, and I don't think God can use us in those areas where where we haven't died sufficiently. So one thing is too much flesh, and I think the the other thing is we may not know what to call ourselves in form of title, but we we can see into our function. And so, you know, the first part's the yes. And he doesn't define the yes always. You know, you just, you know, it's kind of like, well, God, if you tell me, then I'll say yes. No, if you say yes, then I'll tell you. Right. (laughs) So he doesn't always define the yes. So the first step is getting the yes out. And then once the yes is out, then you, you have to look with God inward to see what do I bring to the table. And I think for me in the past, I've been maybe too focused on, well, what am I? Who, you know, am I called this? Am I called that? Just know that you're a weapon, you're an arsenal. And when you do this, it works. Yes. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> mm-hmm. When you yes. do this, when you say that, when you pray this, when you release that, whatever you want to call it, it works. <laughs> and then just let God define you and let other people <laughs> define you. Cause people are pretty good at defining, you know, I can, there's something about, we can look at each other and see what each other brings to the table easier than we can ourselves sometimes. For sure. So, and, you know, Angie, you're such a treasure hunter, you know, I don't think you even realize because it's so much a part of your DNA. I don't think you realize how much you, you bring that out in people, the treasure, you know? Mm, Oh, thank you for saying that. And I, I think that there is, there's such a violence that, that we're missing out on because we have been brought up. I said, we've been brought up in, in a love movement, but it, within that is a philosophical mindset where we just want to sit around and talk ourselves to death and, um, you know, really contemplate who am I, what am I called to do and then never do anything. And, and I know that, that we've, we've introduced even feeling like, you know, there's an apostolic wind that God is releasing right now. That's going to really cause movement. And are we willing to partner with that? 
even though what's familiar to us is just sitting around and talking about it. And I, I know, you know, for myself personally, calling has been somewhat idolatrous and um, oh, I've got to get to the bottom of this. What, what is my calling, you know, and, and really needing to know what, what is it that, that you want me to do? And it, it became such a, a huge thing that I couldn't see around it. And, um, and, and so calling can't become the thing that we worship either. I mean, it's, it, it is a, a calling is a gift. Honestly, it's something that, that can become tangible and we can hold it. We can pet it, but let's be careful you know, that, that it isn't becoming the central focus of our entire being. And I know I've been there. I've been there. You know, I, I've spent a, a lot of my adult life trying to figure out what am I? What is it that, that you want from me, God? And it, out of sincerity, I, I'm not diminishing that. I know that we're all on a journey and, and, and part of, part of the searching is just part of our makeup. You know, he, he says that, you know, his glory is to conceal a matter but it's the glory of Kings to search it out. So that is in our DNA to search it out. So I'm not like trying to diminish that completely. I'm just saying, let's be careful not mm-hmm. to make the calling the thing that, that has all of our affection and all of our attention or we're going to get off track. And I, I think that, you know, Pepper, since Pepper, you have been with us, you have made such a big to do about being in a birthing uh, season. And for those of you that don't know, um, when, when Pepper came to us, she almost immediately wanted to throw a baby shower. There wasn't anybody having a baby <laughs> in, in our church. She just had, she had understanding of what was happening in the spirit realm that unedited life was giving birth to something. Could we define that? Nope. Nope. And and isn't that the frustration of pregnancy that you're carrying something, you feel the burden of it, but you can't necessarily define it. You can't see it. You don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but it's there. And, and so I think that even in a birthing process, we have to understand that the really it's a, there's a violence that's taking place where, you know, the the body is being um, transformed, transformed, Figured honestly, like your your body is changing before your eyes, and and things are, are pulling and hurting, and and even in the actual birthing process, it that that is severe, violent act of you know not only for a woman's body to have to endure something like that, but even for the baby. Do you know that even in the birthing process, it is necessary. For a baby to go through that, and I realize we have C-sections and all that because our medical technology knows what to do with the baby to, to bring about the same kind of situation for it. But even in the squeezing and the constricting of body on body, that, that's a violent act, but it's necessary. It, it weaponizes that baby's body. And we've, we've pointed back to, you know, Simon Breaker's conversation with his teenage son who had been bullied and, and him turning around and not willing to coddle him, but saying, my job is to actually weaponize you. And, and I don't know that we're willing to do that. We're, we are all about, yes, Jesus birthed something new. But when our body starts to transfigure, when we start to feel those aches and pains and the pulling and the stretching and, and the violence of the actual birth, I think we're weak. I think we're like, no, just kidding. I don't actually want that. Or when it, it, it takes a, a mother or a father to weaponize the one before us, I think we're weak. I think that we're willing to just kind of coddle them. Oh, well, it's really, it's not that big a deal. You know, uh, this too should pass. Instead of going like, stop it. 
like you are glorifying that thing that, you know, is, is occupying all of your mental capacities right now and not glorifying God. So I think so much of calling right now is unknown. I think that we're, we're all in the same kind of state of like, Oh, I don't know which lane is mine. I don't know exactly what it is that he's calling me to right now. Um, but I, I do know that the thing that he's looking for most is how are we willing to interact with each other? And Vince, you drew attention to, you know, where are we going to pour out? Where, where are our relationships? And I know that something for me that God is like being so like, um, like really drawing my attention to is where are you building relational wealth? And I don't have a whole lot of time in my life right now. And so I have to take advantage of every single moment to, to be able to pour out and build relational wealth with people. And sometimes I think that we have these grandiose ideas of what that looks like. And really it just means pausing to have the additional conversation with the one before us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we take calling in, in such a, a big way that we want to know, okay, we, we think calling, Oh, years, you know, this is, this is something that I'm going to be doing for years. And, if we don't actually know what that looks like right now, we need to just take calling as day to day. Like you're talking about interaction to interaction with people and relying on the strength of God to sustain us in that and not, not wanting to know what the next few years looks like and what I'm being called into big picture wise, that's going to come. It will, but right now we just need to rely on the daily, uh, to, to, I guess, use the Christian cliche, it, that daily bread, you know, and, and really focus in on, on what are you wanting to do um, right now, God? And one of our, our favorite questions lately is, what's my opportunity in this moment? What is my opportunity in this interaction with this person, in this conversation? What are you opening up here? And I think if we, if we, add that as calling right now, we will be doing our, ourselves and we'll be doing everyone else a great service by bringing the kingdom out in those moments, in those, in those day-to-day interactions and, and looking for the opportunity and, and asking Holy Spirit, what is my opportunity in this right now? And, and I think that will, will go a long way in helping to uh, weaponize people and not coddle them and not uh, try to just say, oh, you know, it'll be okay, pat them on the back and send them on their way. That's that's what's got us into a lot of the mess that we're in right now is because we are so scared to, to take a stand to say, nope, this is what's coming out of the kingdom. And this is what we're going to say. This is what I'm going to do because I know this is what God is, is showing me right now. And and I think we've gotten ourselves into a spot because in that, when we start to weaponize people, we uh, we forget the fact that we want to uh, to look at them how God sees them. And Pepper, you talked about this earlier, that Angie is great at pulling the gold out of people. And that is so true. And, and the, the benefit that we all get to share because of that is we all get to have the same uh, same ability to to look at someone and, and pull the gold out of them 
and it, it's enhanced because of what Angie is leading us into in that. And I think this is this is an, another facet of these interactions in that moment to moment time of where we're looking for the opportunity is making sure that we're seeing the person for who they really are and not looking at them and uh, what, what may be presenting naturally, looking spiritually rather than physically. Uh, I think that's that's going to help us um, be able to to better weaponize and not coddle. Yeah. That's good. Pepper? Well, and I guess let's pick on Angie Day. I don't mean it. <laughs> but <laughs> she has this, Angie has this thing where, and it's not a natural thing. It, 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 I mean, it's part of her spunkiness, but she's demanding. But it's that spirit in her that puts a demand on your spirit, you know. And if you look with eyes of the spirit, you'll see it in that way. And, and if your spirit's receptive, sometimes, you know, when we're looking at things in the flesh, we get offended. You know, well, you offended me. But but when you're around you, Angie, there's something about you that it puts a demand on what's inside of you. Like, come on, come on, come on, bring this out, bring this out, you know. <laughs> and And that's the best way I know how to explain it. And I think we all should be that way. You know, there should be something of the spirit of the Lord that's demanding in us that pulls that our spirit puts a demand on what their spirit carries, you know? And, and, but I think, you know, the church has gotten in some ways so much like the culture we're in because, you know, that's why everybody's identity is messed up and undefined because we're just saying, I'm not going to put a demand on you to tell you who you really are. If you say you're a tree, then I'm going to call you Mr. Tree and Mrs. Tree. I'm not going to put a demand on what you truly carry or help redefine you. So because we're in a world where there's no absolutes anymore. Yeah. And there is a place for black and white. There's no black and white anymore. And it, it, you know, that demand is a violent thing. Yeah. You know, that says, no, I'm not going to let you carry a false identity. So right. it, it is a violent thing that we're supposed to put on each other. But in a world where we tell people the truth is your truth, which we know that's a big lie. There's only one truth. Right. And it's not your truth, my truth. It's the truth. Mm-hmm. And the truth is a person. <laughs> but right. when we we can't even define Jesus anymore because we make him what we want him to be to us. Right. Yeah. And, and the thing is, and I love that you're bringing identity into this conversation. And, and it is, it's so true. If you want to be a tree, be a tree. But here's the thing is as the church, as the ecclesia, are we willing to take responsibility for the mess that we have allowed? Now we could point back and say, you know, well, it was because of this. It was because of this movement that happened, that movement that happened. It was this group of people that allowed this to happen. We're either one body or we're not. And and he's either the God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow, or he's not. So am I willing as the church, as the body, as the ecclesia, as the legislating government on the earth, as an ambassador of Christ to clean up the mess that the church has allowed through our gates? There are gates. We are the gatekeepers in the world and we have allowed this mess to just leak out to where every 
what is truth, right? What is true? You get to define your own truth. We have been so mamby-pamby about everything that the church has not taken a solid stance on this is who God is. And we see this playing out in the book of Job, right? Job's life falls apart to the nth degree, and he surrounds himself with a council of people who are yes men. They are not people who are willing to weaponize Job. Had he had people around him to weaponize him, the book of Job would have been about three chapters and not 30 something. And and so what we see is this council of people that are willing to just mull over all of his whining and, you know, going on and on. And then you have the youngest among them, Elihu, who steps up and says, you know, I know I'm next to nothing compared to all of you, but what I hear you saying, it means nothing. And I want you to know this is who I know God to be. And he has this, this, this speech that is just amazing that pulls on the presence of God. And I just love it. The way that God steps into the scenario and with this inquisition, Job, where were you? You know, and we need that in this season where God, where we're, we've got someone, anyone that's willing to like step up and say, what are you doing? Like, I've listened to you go on and on about the same problem for 20 years. <laughs> yes. But this isn't the God that I know. The God that I know, and then we can go on and on, you know? And I love that about the Old Testament is that you can always find someone, someone pointing to, this is what he did. This is who he is. And, and I, I, we have to be those people who are not like, we're not looking to weaponize one another with just any old thing. You know, I, I don't want, I don't want to pull out treasure in someone and, and then, you know, weaponize them just to do whatever. I want to weaponize them to be able to point to God and make much of who he is, because that's the only thing that's going to be, that will bring change from, from the heavens to the earth. And that's what we're after, right? I mean, can we please be a people who will legislate the government of Jesus Christ? Amen. Yeah. When there's got to be an ownership. You talked about going on and on for the same problem for 20 years. And that response of just going on and on is just looking to point a finger and take blame rather than saying, yes, that mess was created and it was created from a part of my body. I am a part of that body and I, I am owning that, but guess what? We are going to change and we're going to move in a different direction and we're going to weaponize intentionally. Yeah. And I, and I think that that's going to force us to practice the pause, right? We don't know what we're doing and, and to pretend like we do would be just arrogance. Let's, let's like introduce the pause, like having moments of like, okay, I don't know what I'm coming against right now. But when this happened, I felt this way. Can we work through this? I think we we are brilliant at cover-ups. We are brilliant at masking things. And can we just live honestly? Can we live true? Can we live revealed before one another? You know, we, we've made much about revealed. Shoot, we use that as a tagline in the early days of unedited life. And um, it just, we love revelation, but... Right. We, we don't want to be revealed personally like, ah, here's my junk. And this is what's causing me to go round and round this mountain for, you know, 40 years. 
we have to be willing to be authentic, transparent before one another, or we're not going to move on. And and what is it? I mean, it's it, you, you can you, you can know full well that it's a demonic presence that causes us to want to shut everything down with a lock. You know, like don't look at this part of me. But why? Why? I mean, we uh, talk about calling. One of the 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 callings that we can all point to is is knowing full well that we're we're called to equip one another, which means we're called to love one another, to build each other up, and and that's why you know Paul says that the the gift of prophecy. I want you all to want this, because the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy, and so it's not just to 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 like comfort each other with a squishy word. Right. Like, let's be able to reveal what's really going on so we can stop the cyclic movement around the same dang mountain. Hmm. Pepper, what you got? Well, and, you know, if we've been given keys and we've all been given keys, we're not going to know what's behind that door if we don't use the key. So we can't stand at the door and say, but I don't know what's behind. I don't know what's going to be behind that door when I open it. Most of us don't, you know, there are times that he gives us the revelation, but I think for the most part, we have maybe insights and glimpses, but we don't fully know what's going to be behind that door until we use the key. And so one thing that helps me that I'm trying to get better at in this season is stewarding the fear of the Lord, because that takes away my options, you know, and, and, you know, I, I can't have this set of keys and then stand before God and say, I didn't use them because I was afraid or I didn't know how, right. you know, and he is everything he says he is in Hebrews. He is a high priest who's touched with the feelings of our infirmity. So it matters to him that I'm afraid, you know. All that matters to him. It's not like he said, I don't care. You just do it anyway. He He's not like that, you know. But at the same time, the fear of the Lord, if, if I steward the fear of the Lord, the hard situations, I know that I can't stand before God and say, I'm, I'm just too afraid. Esther couldn't do that. Right. And Mordecai gently prodded her on. Gently. <laughs> But <laughs> woman, <laughs> yeah, if you don't, you know, yeah, but like Vince said, all these people are going to lose out, and yeah, he'll raise up somebody else. But look, right. look at all these people that are going to lose out. And so finally, she just said, Okay, if I die, I die. Here we go, you know, right? And so, because I think. We've lost that fear of the Lord. We've given ourselves options, just like we've given ourselves options as to what identity we want to carry. We don't get that in the spirit and in Jesus. He defines our identity and we carry what he says we carry the way he says we carry it. And so stewarding that fear of the Lord, you know that, God, I know that you'll help me, but I also know I don't really have any options. Right. to obey, you know, and there are things in my life that I'm carrying the fear of the Lord on me to obey those things. And I'm telling God, I'll do it. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't, you know, but, uh, I have the fear of the Lord not to do it, you know, and if I fail, I fail, you know, (laughs) 
Sorry, I have to take cough breaks. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. I I like what you're saying about fear of the Lord, Pepper, because if we are really stewarding that well, we're not going to coddle people anymore. Right. It's just not going to be something we do. So I, I love that you brought that out. Yeah. Well, and and to to bring in, I'm going to introduce some controversial intel. I don't think that it's it's us that doesn't want to be exposed. I think it's our our, our demons that don't want to be exposed. And I know for for us God fearing people, we don't like to consider the fact that we may have <laughs> we may have some demons manifesting, yeah. you know, yeah. among us. And, and but the truth is, is that's that's what it is. Is it, it is a demonic presence that doesn't want to be exposed. It's not us. We were we were born from God. We have nothing but authenticity within God. And and so it's not us. It's it's the demonic presence that has possessed us and and caused us to to be at a standstill. That has ca- and that should make us mad, honestly. That should make us mad that that we have we have been we've been duped, right? Like we, we just think that that it's oh well my my flesh is weak. Well, that may be true, but it's weakened by the demonic presence that's in our life, uh-huh. and 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 I think that we just we need to just be honest about it, and and stop coddling ourselves in that. I think that that we comfort ourselves with with untruth, and um and and, and qualify it. And, and we need to stop. That's, that's a really bad habit. And, and honestly, we're just partnering with the demonic. The more that we do that, we need to just recognize we have, we have some, some demonic pressures in our life. And um, whether that is, you know, full on possession or not, I don't know. I don't understand that. I, I, I am not a demonologist. <laughs> I hope that I never have to be, you know, like that is not the path I ever wanted. <laughs> Lord Jesus, I will do what you want. Um, But (laughs) I don't know how that all works. But I do know that just because we live in a Western culture, that we are under demonic oppression. Mm -hmm. And and the quicker we admit that, the quicker we can be delivered. Mm -hmm. And and ultimately, I I have moments of um, clarity where I'm just like, I don't care what it looks like anymore, Jesus. Just rid me of all of all of these things that are less than that, that keep me from legislating your government rightly. I want to be I want to be a true ambassador for him, which means I have to live in purity. You know, there's a reason in all of Paul's epistles why he lists off all of these things that are are less than their trappings, right? They bring a sense of pleasure for a moment. Mm-hmm. But they're they're fraudulent. They're fraudulent passions, right? They're they're fraudulent pleasures. We we were actually we were born as as humanity. We were born into pleasure. We know that that Eden literally means pleasure. We were born into pleasure, and so all of those less than things, all of those vices, they bring fraudulent pleasure to our beings, which actually alter us, morph us away from our our origin in Christ. And because they're, they're fraudulent, they are of a demonic realm. And so they transform us in a way that we don't want. We are, um, 
we are disfigured when we partner with these fraudulent pleasures. And that's why, you know, he's listing all these things off. Like, yes, you're going to find moments of pleasure from these things. And, and our flesh, if not reined in, will always want the fraudulent. And that's why our spirit has to be captaining the ship, right? Mm-hmm. And that's only going to come by way of people who are willing to weaponize one another. And, and we know that Proverbs tells us iron sharpens iron, but boy, we hate it mm-hmm. when iron comes at us, when mm-hmm. the sparks start flying, <laughs> we're like, I'm out. Yeah. I don't think there's any controversy in, in what you introduced a, a few minutes ago, because if you are, somebody who is really pressing into union, really pressing into to what it is God is calling you into and really just wanting to sharpen one another and, and stepping out and taking action in that, there is going to be things that will come against you. Yeah. If there isn't something coming against you, you should probably run to Holy Spirit and be like, where's my fight at? <laughs> what's going on mm-hmm. obviously i'm not i'm not uh uh stepping out here uh I, i've sat back and, and just become uh lukewarm not hot not cold just existing and there's no attacks going to come against you when you are just existing yeah and so uh um recognizing that and and just frankly being okay with the fact that attacks are coming and but but knowing you're still victorious Right. So I, I think it's I don't think it's controversy to say that um, there are things coming against us and and your response to those things is is what's going to going to be the difference there. Yeah. And I'm not I, I am I'm talking about um, I'm talking more about the demonic that we've made pets out of, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> not That's not true. the things that, that come against us. Because I know, I mean, the moment that we give our yes, we've got something hitting us. But I'm talking about the things that that we've we've kept around because we're quite fond of it, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, we need to be crying out for deliverance. And here's the thing. We just need to ask ourselves, and I love that you introduced the the lukewarm because we have to ask ourselves, do you want to be something in the mouth of the Lord that he wants to spit out? I mean, can we ask some honest questions like that? Can we have some honest evaluations? Am I bile in the Lord's mouth that he wants to spit out? I don't, I don't want to be that. You know, I want to be a fragrant offering. We all do. We want to be a fragrant offering, but I just think that we have to have some, some moments of truth here where we're asking Holy Spirit, examine me through and through what is attached to my life right now. That is not of you. Deliver me, right? Like we need to be delivered. And, and this, this could be as simple as, you know, what, what are the things that you keep returning to? You know, what are the comforts that you keep returning to? Israel needed to be delivered of, of Egypt, right? Like they had to have Egypt delivered out of them. And in fact, it didn't take well. We know that the first generation of Israelite people didn't make it out of the wilderness because they never actually partnered with the deliverance. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be those people. Yeah. And, and that's no fault of, of Moses. He tried to weaponize his people. <laughs> yeah. It just didn't take. 
but I don't want to be those people. I want to be those people who are saying, you know, I don't care what it looks like. Deliver me, deliver me from Egypt. I don't want to return. I don't want to have this ache of like, Oh, just take me back to the simpler days. That's good. You know, um, Keith Green back in the day had a song that he sang, uh, called asleep in the light. Yeah. And I think that's a big problem for us. A lot of us in the church, we, we're asleep in the light. And so we don't recognize darkness anymore, you know? And it's like you said, um, the things that should be demons we've made pets out of. So we've taken the pig and put perfume and lipstick. And so, and a lot of times because we give people what we want, even though the word says, is not my word a hammer? We don't want to use a hammer on ourselves. So, you know, we do that for other people. We won't use the hammer on them. Yeah. But, uh, so darkness no longer challenges us the way it should because we're just in a world where it's just so easy to sleep in the light. You know, you ever been so tired as a young person, I can remember being so tired. I remember my son's being like this because, you know, Vince can attest to this, you know, I don't understand it from their perspective, but when you're in the military, you can sleep anywhere, you know, (laughs) lights covers no covers on a rock you know it it would amaze me to see how my boys could just sleep on anything in any position and it was like barbaric to me (laughs) you know but I I think um we we we've put sunglasses on so the light doesn't affect us the way it used to or the way it should yeah you know I think that that's really, that's a really profound statement that we're, we're able to, (coughs) excuse me, we're able to sleep in the light. And, um, I was listening to, you know, Jesus revolution is out. And so Lonnie Frisbee is kind of a big deal right now. And for those of you that don't know, he, he was an evangelist slash prophet that lived in the sixties, seventies. Well, he, he rose in the late sixties, seventies. And, but I was listening to his, um, his mother's day is very, very popular mother's day teaching. And, um, in it, he said, God right now is taking the gospel from the platform preachers and giving it back to the church. And you guys, I was flabbergasted to hear him say that because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the same mountain. We are literally 50 years later walking around the same mountain because that is the prominent word today. God is removing the platform and giving the gospel back to the church. And what did we do with it? What did we do with it? We haven't advanced to the kingdom. And that's, that's deflating to me. I love to look at, at history, uh, the, the church history, revival history, and 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 look at what God has done. And when he said those words, I, <clears throat> it was deflating mm-hmm. to realize, like, mm-hmm. we haven't hardly advanced. We've been walking around the same mountain playing church, not legislating anything. Mm-hmm. So calling becomes very prevalent and giving up what we think is the calling that that really um, p- 
puffs us up as individuals, that's got to be laid down. That That's no longer relevant. Who are we as the church? Who are we as the ecclesia? And how are we going to advance the kingdom? That has to become the most prevalent thing on our mind is give me zeal for your house, Father. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to see that last night. Oh, and, did you? Yeah. And I thought about, I know you've prophesied and other prophets have prophesied about the Davids. And when I saw that movie, I couldn't help but think about the Davids because I really feel like they're going to be raw, in your face, unchurched, uncouth, <laughs> just like these people were in the movie, you know. And I, I, I won't be a spoiler, but in one part of the movie, the the conventional, you know, conservative church members are complaining about they don't wear shoes. They're getting the shag carpet dirty. And so... <laughs> Uh, the the pastor's like, okay, this is about shag carpets. So I love what he did because the next time, because this church is filling up with all these and they don't, they don't candy coat it. You know, they show them doing the LSD and how they evolve from that because they're looking for something, right? Mm -hmm. It might've started with LSD, but when they found Jesus, you know, so they're looking for something. But anyway, the next time all these people come in church, the preacher, he's got a pan of water and he's washing everybody's feet as they come in. <laughs> it's just, I don't know, that that movie just, if you can see it and not cry, I don't know, <laughs> you know. But yeah, you're right. It's just God had to take it out of the, the church and give it to a rogue bunch of people. Yeah who didn't care about the controversy. They didn't care about their reputation because they had none, <laughs> you know? Right. Well, and here's the thing. And, and, and we'll wrap up with this. I, I, God has shown me how offended I could potentially be by these Davids that he's raising up. And, and I don't like what that looks like. What am I going to do about it? Right. I mean, we have to, we have to stop thinking of calling in some ambiguous, grandiose measure and realize that calling is how am I going to receive the next person that's right in front of me? Wow. And I, I cannot, I can't be that person that, that he revealed. I mean, when he gave me that word about the Davids, I saw myself and, and realized that like, I'm one of those people. That could so easily dismiss them because they don't look the part. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I don't want to do that. I, I want a house of David's, you know, even David was rejected and, and look at his life, mm-hmm. but we get to read the story from the end backwards. <laughs> we, we love that. We love the Royal look of it all, mm-hmm. but would we have been the people that rejected the shepherd boy? Yeah. If a person dances clothes off. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So, Pepper, will you just pray for us? Yes. Father God, I want to repent on my behalf. Jesus, I have been one of those asleep in the light. I have been one of those not recognizing, not being aware, not 
stewarding the fear of the Lord. So I repent on my behalf. I repent for the three of us. I repent on behalf, behalf of the viewers, wherever they are, whenever they watch this. Father, forgive us for being asleep in the light. Forgive us for being asleep in the light. Make us aware of darkness, not so that we can focus on it, but so that we can be the light, so that we can be that light. We're supposed to make darkness uncomfortable. We're supposed to make the things that are hidden in darkness manifest, yes. not coddle them and cover them up and, and just have a clean look about it. God, it's got to get ugly. It's yeah. got to be in the trenches. You start with ugly, God. You start with ashes. So would you forgive us? Would you make us those who steward the callings inside of us and inside of one another with the fear of the Lord? Would you make us those who put a demand on what is inside of people? Even those who don't know you yet. Even those who are unchurched, even those who are raw and rogue and offensive and in your face. God, yet let us use the hammer of the word wisely. Hmm. Burn out the dross in us. Let us die, 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 die sufficiently. Thank you, Jesus. So that you can live and be you. That it's no longer us trying to be us. But it's us authentically being you. Who you made us to be. So Father, empty us of these things of self. Empty us of these things that we've been carrying. These demons that we've been petting. Deliver us. And fill our house, Holy Spirit. Fill our house with truth. We cannot evolve. We cannot go anywhere without truth. So fill us with truth. Yes. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. We, we done did church. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys have a great rest of your Wednesday and we will talk soon.